Welcome to the I Am Podcast. My name is Carl Weaver, and I am the website content manager at I Am. If you have any suggestions for the I Am Podcast, you can email me at carl.weaver at iamovers.org. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. We want to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash iamovers slash message. I will also put the link in the show notes so you can click on it right there. Welcome back and thanks for joining us again. You may not have known this, but IAM has a new strategic plan and we've had it for a little while and we're starting to communicate it more to members and it has a pretty big impact on what we do and how we do it. That's sort of how strategies work. And I wanted to take this recording that you're about to hear. This is actually from a video webcast that Brian Limperopoulos, our vice president here at IAM, did last week. And it's I, I mean, obviously, like I said, it's it's a webcast. Obviously, it's it's sort of a visually based thing. But I think the way he talks about the strategic plan, it really comes off well. So I thought if you don't have time to read, or I'm sorry, to watch the um, to watch the video, maybe you're listening in your car, maybe you're commuting to work, whatever. Uh, it's a very interesting topic, and I hope you'll enjoy it and really get something out of it. If you have questions about uh, the podcast or our strategic initiatives or what our strategic plan is, you can email anyone on staff, including membership at iamovers.org. Okay. Um, We're going to let, we already have a good amount of people here on the call. We got a great group here. Uh, to talk about this important uh, strategic, new strategic plan for the association. So um, I'll get started. Um, I know time is short. So uh, welcome all of you to our our webcast today on transforming the International Association of Movers. Uh, We're going to be talking about the future today. We're going to be talking about aspirations and goals. And this is the fun stuff. Um, And you know, I'm so glad all of you could join us today because we want all of you to be a part of that. We want you to be um, not just being informed today, we want you being inspired. So um, I wanna give some background on this um, to the group here today. And um, I'll just kinda, it'll be some uh, wind up for you, all of you. But um, basically we started this process right after our annual meeting in Chicago. And we had, uh, we first sat down with our staff um, and our executive committee to kind of chart out the future of the association. And um, at the very start of that, we were like, we have to go back to basics. We can't just define a strategic plan. We have to really think about where IAM is situated in the industry, what we're hoping to achieve and who we represent and what our, you know, what our ultimate goals are. So we went back and we started thinking about the foundations of our association. And those are you know, things like our vision statement, what we're hoping to achieve, our mission statement at a very high level. Uh, how are we going to achieve that vision? Our values that not only uh, the association embodies, but our leadership, 
our staff and our members uh, uh, live and work by. And then finally, you know, downstream from that is our strategic plan. Once we've sorted out those foundational elements, what sort of things do we need to put in place um, in order to uh, achieve those lofty aspirations and goals? So we undertook this process with our executive committee. And before we move too quickly down the road, we were like, we have to hear from our members. And so in March of 2020, right as COVID was beginning to shut down the world, we went out with a comprehensive member needs assessment. And we got amazing data back from all of you of basically, you know, what's, what's going on in the industry. What are the opportunities you're seeing? What are the pain points you're seeing? What does IAM do well? What does IAM, what can they improve on? And you know, we took all that information and we synthesized it into this plan. And we took it as a way to reimagine the foundations of our association. Um, as part of that, we also did something unique. Um, we've always done member surveys, but we also surveyed people from outside the membership because we wanted to get a greater uh, sense of what was going on in the industry, because ultimately we need to know the landscape and how the industry is evolving in order to be the most effective organization for all of you. So we undertook that process and you know, we kind of set forth these foundational elements. And I'm just gonna reiterate them really quick because I think it's really important for all of you to understand these things before I start kind of specifying exactly what they mean. So a vision, a vision statement sets forth what I am is trying to achieve in this world. If we are successful, what have we achieved? Mission, again, sets forth how we are going to achieve it. Values, what are the basic principles upon which we stand when we approach our work as members, as staff, and as leaders. And finally, the strategic plan over the next three to five years, what are we going to do to realize those lofty aspirations and goals? So enough of that, let's get into actually what we specified. And uh, again, we worked with the executive committee on this and we defined a very customer-centric vision for the future. Um, we are a trade association. We are made up of our members who are moving companies and the suppliers who provide services to them. But we felt like moving into the future, we have to center the customer. And if we center the customer and we make their experience easier, then we become a more indispensable organization to all of you. So we said, if IAM is to be successful in what we do, if we are to be a successful organization, we want moving your goods, and again, we're talking to the customer here, to become the easy part of relocation. Now, this is, this is very challenging, um, no doubt. You all understand that. Moving is commonly referred to as one of the five most stressful things we do in our life. And overnight, we are not going to be able to achieve this vision. But we do think the building blocks that we set forth in um, in this plan, this vision, this mission, help us get further down the road towards that. Sorry, I just heard a weird sound here in the office. So uh, that was the reason why I got a little uh, distracted there. All right, so we have our vision there, then our mission. Again, the mission 
is kind of how we are going to achieve that vision from a very high level. So let's read this directly. I am will strive to be the global champion for the moving industry by advancing the professionalism and operational excellence of our members. So I think you can see how they fit together. We are trying to make the customer relocation experience better. We are going to do that by advancing the professionalism and operational excellence of our members. Let's move on to our values, okay? And again, I, I'm open here. If you have questions, uh, comments, feel free to interject. Um, I don't wanna be monitoring the chat, but uh, I'm open to being a little bit informal here, but uh, feel free to interject if you have specific questions. But I'll move on to the values. And these are the values that you know, we work to specify again with the board, our executive committee. I won't read them here because I'm going to go in deep right here. So number one, and these are in no particular order, but um, our number one value is collaboration. And I think anybody who's been a part of IAM in any capacity uh, over the years knows that we value this. Collaboration is key to our industry. It is key to servicing your client shipments. We can't be successful without collaboration. And we see it every day, you know, working together uh, to make these shipments successful. And then when we go to the annual meeting, it is right there in our face where we see people struggling to find tables, to, find, to meet with people. Our industry is founded and it is predicated on collaboration. So we value teamwork. Together we are stronger. And we are going to take this value and, you know, we, I think we're already pretty good at it we can do better. And there are certain elements of the strategic plan that support doing better on this front from, a, from the way we engage our volunteers and how we empower them to other aspects of the strategic plan. Excellence. I think if excellence is not centered in any strategic plan or in any set of values, I don't know what you're doing. We should all be striving for excellence. Um, I, I think it's very self-explanatory. If we're not approaching our day-to-day -day work with that aspiration, then you got to find another job. And that's the way we approach things at IAM. Fun. Again, no surprise. I mean, fun is central to IAM. I think some of, uh, I've made so many great friendships through this organization. And I think that's one of the reasons why we are so successful. Um, Let's enjoy the journey, make sure our team and members feel appreciated and valued. And so I think if we can all live by that value, we work in a hard industry. It is not easy sometimes, but if we can maintain some semblance of fun uh, and, and see the fun in what we do, then we'll be successful. Inclusion. Um, we're an organization that represents members in more than 170 countries. And I think this is something that we do well. I think this is something we can do better on. Um, and I would like over the course of, you know, the next three years to really focus on inclusion about how do we include some of our members from different regions that are not typically represented in our leadership? How do we get them involved? Um, because they have unique perspectives that can uh, influence our association for good. And we've uh, just last year and over the last 18 months, we uh, initiated this new initiative 
the IAM Leadership Alliance, which is already doing fantastic work on this subject, uh, really thinking about how we empower uh, all of our members to make a difference in our association. So look for more on that. Innovation. Again, like excellence, I think innovation has to be core to uh, any strategic plan. And, um, you know, I think this is something that we've really kind of gone down the road on over the last five, six years. And I got, I have to credit, you know, Ray De Silva on, on our call here for really bringing a culture of innovation as our strategic partner to the association. Um, a few years ago, we launched Mobility Exchange. The following year, we launched IAM Learning. We have other big plans that we're launching. There are smaller initiatives that we're launching all the time. And not all of them are successful, but we know that there are, our members need things and we're committed to providing those things in an innovative fashion. So we're, we're always tinkering. We're always thinking about how we can do things better. And we expect the same for our members. How can we, our members and the association make the customer relocation experience through innovation? How, how can we make it better through innovation? Again, final integrity. I think this is self-explanatory. We as the association should be expected to uphold the highest ethical principles and we expect the same for our members. I don't think we need to delve too far into that. I think that's very self-explanatory. Uh, we have our code of ethics. We have um, you know, our membership agreement. We have our RPP operating rules and regulations that govern how we process um, uh, some of these things. We can get more into that in the Q&A, but integrity has to be a part of our, of our values and we're committed to living and working by this every single day. Okay, so those are kind of like the big aspirational parts of what we discuss with our executive committee and what we put forth on paper. Now, I think this is what you all came for, which is what are we actually gonna do with it? What's the strategic plan? Uh, and this image is a bit grainy, but I chose to include it anyways, because it sets forth the three key strategic priorities that we are going to follow over the next three years. Number one, we're going to create a world-class experience for our members, okay? Um, number two, we're committed to enhancing the customer experience by ensuring professional and operational excellence. You see the vision and the mission very, um, uh, very closely uh, linked there. And then finally, and I do wanna delve into this a bit, we wanna position IAM as the preeminent association for the moving industry. And this is not a competitive thing, but this is something that I think if we're living a culture of excellence, we have, we wanna be the best. That's not to take away from the fact that to be the best, we have to collaborate with our partners around the world. We can't be the best without working together with those partners. Like I think Nancy Irvine from the Canadian Association of Movers is on the call right now. We value that partnership. Um, we can't be successful in some ways without that partnership. So part of uh, this strategic priority is knowing that there are some things IAM does well. There's other things that our partners around the world do better. And we're gonna work to be kind of, you know, to use, you know, Terry Head is on the call here. He always used the term, you know, let's seek to be the umbrella for the industry. We may not have the answer, 
but we know the person or the organization that does. Okay, so these are our three strategic priorities. Okay, let's go on to the first. Okay, again, we are under the priority where we are trying to create a better, a world-class membership experience. The first strategic initiative that we will pursue, and we have nine, is we are going to restructure our membership to align with the needs of the industry. And the great thing about this is we are already um, about 90% of the way there. Next week, I will be presenting a final proposal to our executive committee to restructure our membership for 2023. And we feel this new membership structure, if approved, will be a much more effective way for our members and prospects to engage in our membership going forward. Um, I don't, there are a lot of things that we could go down the rabbit hole in this discussion, and I will wait for the Q&A if you have specific questions. This process, though, has taken many years. Uh, Terry can attest to that. Um, a lot of the staff members can attest to that. But specifically, over the last 18 months, we've invested a lot of time and energy in making this successful. And it's something we're really excited about. We're excited to roll out next year. So if you have questions about that, we can answer that at the end. Strategic initiative 1.2. Okay. We are looking to expand and enhance structures and functions that promote meaningful communication between members and customers. It's a lot of words to say, we wanna create better connections between our members and their customers. And we wanna be a part of facilitating that communication. We are, we've always done this with US Transportation Command, with the DOD. We've done this with our government clients excellently over the years. But there are some sectors of the industry where we may not have had as good of connections and our members have gravitated to other organizations to seek that connection with their customers. If you've watched what we've done over the last two years, we have really uh, tried to uh, approach this question and, 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 and create a better value proposition for all of you. Not only do we have those um, standbys that we've always had with US Transportation Command and the US government, our, our last two annual meetings, we had great panels with relocation management companies with corporate accounts, not just here in the US, but in different regions around the world. We brought together this fantastic spouse panel, uh, military spouse panel at our last conference. And in some ways it is, you know, our clients are talking to us, but in other ways, we're building up this culture of, uh, of, uh, of building up this culture where our members can share their pain points with the customers, and hopefully we can all evolve to a better understanding in the future. We're doing this right now. We want to do it better. This is something that you know we're going to be, a, as part of every event, our webcasts, our annual meetings, we're going to be looking at how we can engage the customers in order to create that uh, better experience for all of you. And before I move on to the next slide, Part of the idea of having this session is to spark ideas from all of you. So uh, if you guys have any thoughts and ideas on how we can achieve these things, 
either drop it in the chat or we will uh, have some time at the end to kind of talk through and maybe collectively brainstorm on some of these things. You'll recall when we talked about the value of inclusion um, uh, just a little while ago, we, uh, we talked about empowering our members, um, all of our members to really drive forward the association. And it's a cliche in the association business and many of you know uh, who've been a part of IAM, we participate uh, in the ASAE, which is essentially an association for associations. And it becomes cliche to say that we wanna be a member-driven organization. We wanna be a member-driven organization. It's great to say it, it's harder in practice to achieve it. And we have thought very hard uh, over the last several years about how we do it. And we're already putting a lot of processes in place to uh, improve how we achieve this strategic initiative, which is essentially, how do we get better people into uh, positions where they can influence the course and direction of the association? How can we give them the tools to succeed? And then at the end of their commitment, how do we recognize those individuals for you know, sacrificing their time, energy, um, uh, on behalf of the association to help us drive us forward. So we're really looking at this initiative and how we achieve those things. So how do we recruit new members uh, into our volunteer structure? How do we onboard them so that they feel like they can hit the ground running and effectively impact the association in the role that we give them? And then ultimately, um, how do we get them moving up positions from, you know, maybe they're joining at, a, at a, a minimal engagement at first, but then we move them up the ladder and get more people into more talented people into our leadership structure. That's the goal here. All right, strategic priority number two. This is by far and away the most transformative priority we're gonna talk about. Um, and it is the most complex. It is going to be the most challenging. So um, bear with me here. I know you guys are listening to me droning on. So uh, just stay with me on this. So our second, um, our first initiative under that strategic priority is to develop and enforce industry standards and compliance. Before I get into the future, I wanna talk about what we've done in the past. Um, IAM led the development of the inventory standard, the codification of contents for shipments of household goods and personal effects to publication with the International Organization for Standardization, ISO. That is in the process of being adopted with the recent news uh, by U.S. Transportation Command, our industry's largest client, that they will adopt this standard for military shipments starting in April of 2023, April or May. We also, you know, have worked in tandem with our partners at FEDI. Um, we adopted their professional cooperation guidelines, uh, which is a great document that sets forth how uh, people in our industry can work together on international shipments in, in a cooperative way great document there. Um, and we also implemented just a few years ago, the validation program, which seeks to catalog and um, display the credentials and licenses and uh, capabilities that all of you have in our industry. It's a great tool that provides us with the foundation to do multiple things in the future. 
So we've been investing on this initiative uh, for several years now. Then it becomes what, what, are, how, what industry standards are we going to develop? How will we enforce it? That's a question that we still have to answer. We are working on data standards with our partners uh, at ERC and Feedy and Omni. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, we also have an internal program that we're working on called IAM Trusted that we feel will be the vehicle and the mechanism to really drive um, uh, greater professionalism and um, help to resolve disputes between members in a far more uh, efficient manner. This in and of itself is an hour long conversation at minimum. What I want you to take away from this is, essentially though is that we are, want to be a standard setter and we wanna work with our partners to set standards for the industry in order to achieve that mission and vision. So we can get into more depth and detail going forward in the Q&A. I just wanna set the stage here for that. Our second strategic initiative here is to provide clear directional guidance to moving companies on operations best practices. So three years ago, we launched IAM Learning and uh, I'm gonna put a plug in for it because holy God, we have created so much content on IAM Learning. There is so much there from our weekly webcasts to the podcasts we've recorded to all the content that we produced at our most recent annual meeting. And that's not even getting into all the courses that we've produced from move, uh, move coordinator training, military move coordinator training, uh, residential sales training. There are several others. We've just launched new programs with, uh, on financial discipline for movers. Uh, we have a recent partnership with European Relocation Association, Eura, on their mobility and context program. Um, so if you don't know what's going on on I Am Learning, you are missing out. And now is the time before we get into the crush of summer in, in the next few months, start thinking about your training needs and check that out because there is so much going on there. And there are so many plans that we have for I Am Learning going forward to address the training and educational needs of our members. Okay, plug aside. Um, we are already developing content and we have a lot of plans to do it. And this strategic initiative is central to that. We are gonna be looking at how we uh, provide this service to our members in the near future. And that is really how do we uh, just you know, become better movers. So I encourage you to check out I Am Learning. I encourage you to give us feedback on it. I encourage you to kind of let us know where it's falling short, where it's doing great, Everybody who takes a course has a great experience through I Am Learning. And Ray, I'd encourage you to drop uh, a link to the sample content on there because it is free. Anybody can access it, but there's great information there. All right, let's move on to the next strategic initiative here. Again, this is one of those hard, harder you know, nuts to crack. And we just don't have a comprehensive um, set of data for our industry. 
there are nice little pieces of data over here and over here and over here, but there is no comprehensive data set that um, we could look to that analyzes kind of what impact our industry has on the world. Um, we can look at it, you know, in the U.S., but we don't have it worldwide. We don't know how many, you know, TEUs are going between Brazil and France on a yearly basis of household goods and personal effects. That would be very valuable information to know for you guys as you plan your business to see what opportunities are out there to benchmark your company against, you know, the industry and your competitors. And so one of the things we are thinking deeply about at the association is how do we achieve this strategic initiative? We know it's worthwhile enough to include here. We don't necessarily know if we have the answer, but we're committed to centering it and trying to figure it out and seeing how IAM can crack this nut for our industry. Again, if anybody has any brilliant ideas, drop them in the chat. Fourth strategic initiative under this, um, on this priority is further invest in efforts to facilitate the exchange of data for all industry stakeholders. I alluded to this when we were talking about the development of industry standards. We um, are already a part of this. We've again led the development of the ISO inventory standard, and we are part of a group of organizations, uh, FIDI Global Alliance, Omni, and Worldwide ERC trying to figure out how we can collectively um, work together to solve this problem for our members and, and their clients. Again, in this world in which we live, in which Amazon shows you exactly where your package is and uh, it's all on their phone, we are still living in the prior generation where our, our customers are looking for real-time visibility and we can't give it. Where's the packing crew? When are they gonna show up? Uh, where, where is my shipment? When will it get on, uh, loaded on board the vessel? Where is the vessel? When will it be unloaded at the port of destination? When will it clear customs? When can I expect it to be delivered? Those are just you know, one example you know, with transit times where you know, our coordinators spend a lot of time in keeping our clients informed. But there are better ways in which we can do it. And, you know, one of the first ways we can do this is to specify standards and ways for which our, our software systems can communicate with one another. Again, one of these deep, deep concepts, but the takeaway from this strategic initiative is we understand that we need greater connectivity in our industry, and we need to be a part of that solution because it is, it is a solution that not any no one member can solve themselves. They need greater uh, capacity from these organizations to kind of bring the industry experts together and specify uh, what is needed, the tools that are needed to do so. Okay. Guys, thanks for staying with me. We got two more strategic initiatives to cover and then we will open it up for some discussion here. Um, where are we? All right. So under that strategic priority, uh, number three, let me just see here. Uh, I think I screwed that up, but let's, uh, strategic initiative, I, I forget the exact priority, but this initiative um, is create member growth 
in markets with tailored investments in education, technology, advocacy, and others as identified. I'll get right down to brass tacks here. You know, one thing, we have big aspirations, as you can see from this. And in order to do so, in order to achieve this, we have to fund uh, what we're trying to achieve here. And we know we can do that by achieving greater member growth. And so IAM is looking over the next three years to really figure out the markets in which we feel like there is um, an opportunity for us. Let's, let's talk about our US domestic asset-based mover group. IAM has you know, been really successful at growing membership around the world. Like I said, we're in over 170 countries, 2000 members. But we're relatively underutilized by the world's largest moving market here in the United States. We're, we're committed to trying, uh, committed to really create a value proposition that is uh, very attractive to these moving companies here in the United States, whether they're van line agents or independent movers. We think this group is, has great potential to contribute to our organization. And we think IAM has great potential to help the, their businesses out. So it is really a mutual uh, thing there that we can do. This DAB initiative, the Domestic Asset-Based Mover Group initiative, does not just have to end here in the United States. We can extend this model worldwide as well. You know, we have so many member companies in India, so many member companies in Brazil, in China, can we take this model, if successful, and extend it worldwide as a way to grow membership and, in so doing, fund the activities that are critical to achieving these lofty goals? And then, uh, finally, uh, I think this goes hand in hand with a lot of what we've talked about, but um, we want to elevate IAM's brand by highlighting and reinforcing membership standards and quality to all global stakeholders, not just our members, not just our association partners, but clients around the world. And so we are gonna be thinking uh, deeply about how we take the good work that we're doing across the board and really think about how we can build that brand worldwide to confer that our members are quality movers and that when you pick an IAM mover, you're going to get a good service. So, that picture's pretty grainy, but um, we can't do it alone. Um, and we want all of you, we appreciate you joining us today for this overview of what we're doing. And we want you to get involved. Um, you know, you can offer us ideas. We're always willing to listen to ideas. You can join and volunteer for one of our, uh, our committees or volunteer groups. Um, you can you know, figure out some other way in which your company can support our activities. We are open to that. And so at this point, I'd like to, for me to start, stop, uh, stop talking and open the floor um, to all of you. I see we have a bunch of chat questions. Um, and I'm just curious if uh, I'll just scan these. Is there anything that I did not cover? Looks like there was, re oh, I'm sorry, Lake. 
You should have jumped in and told me. Was it redacted for all of you? I think apparently, uh, Tony Waugh could see the whole thing, but a lot of us uh, saw blocks. We can share the, uh, the PowerPoint later, though, I think, right? Uh, well, yes, we can, of course. I, I wish somebody had told me. Yeah, it, um, it didn't block the whole thing. And for whatever reason, when you were moving your mouse around, it would actually move the little blocks around. I didn't know if you were like playing Tetris in the background or I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> well, um, well, oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't playing Tetris. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't block anything. Like, like it was blocked out, but you could, once you started moving around a little bit, you could see the slides. They just had little blocks in spots. Got it. Well, okay. Um, I'm curious, you know, thoughts, questions uh, on what I talked about. Maybe it all wasn't very, you know, uh, hopefully you were able to get a, a sense of what we're, what we're hoping to achieve here and, and have some ideas that we can kind of bounce around. Yeah, right. Um, I just want to bounce off the uh, comments about I am learning and the progress that we've made. Um, and this year, we um, we had some plans to do some live training. Um, all the uh, training has been online and uh, at at your own pace, on demand. And so um, we kind of took a step and said, can we do some live training? We did one or two sessions actually on uh, residential sales training. And I thought it was kind of ambitious because I've never done it online. Can we hold people's attentions for four hours? Actually it was five hours, <laughs> five hours with a one hour break in between. And we were able to, and we got a very good reaction. And we got encouragement to consider other um, live training opportunities. So as a result, we're discussing uh, in the first part of 2022, we're looking at the feasibility of actually doing in-person training. So we're considering a four-day session for business development, which was an outgrowth of the comments that we got from the uh, live online training. So business development sales versus residential sales, uh, two different disciplines, and uh, there was a, a strong demand uh, or, or I guess um, a, a request to uh, have training on that. The other one that's very interesting is a discussion that developed uh, with members from the Middle East. And I was aware that big things were happening in the Middle East, but I was not aware to the extent that the economy is growing and that the countries there are pumping investments into uh, welcoming foreigners to uh, come to their countries and develop services um, to uh, diversify from the oil economies and so on. And as I got into those discussions, I asked the IAM members, well, well what's lacking here you know, to fund this growth? Because you sound really excited. And they said, talent, we're having a hard time finding the right people and getting them trained. So that discussion turned into, um, you know, what if the IAM hosted a management training program? And there was a lot of excitement on that discussion. So we're uh, considering the feasibility of hosting a five-day management industry training program in Dubai. Um, and uh, it's, it's a bit of an ambitious project, but something that, um, the uh, people involved in IAM Learning have a lot of experience in doing. And so um, we've penciled in some dates for February and we're gathering the information that we need 
the attendance will be limited to 30 applicants or 30 uh, actual enrollees. So we're gonna be starting to take applications soon. And of course, a lot of this is hinging and contingent on what the pandemic does to us. But so far, we're, we're kind of hopeful that we can carry through these plans. So if anybody has comments or interested or say um, spot on, you know, we're with you, let us know. Well, and, and to add to that, Ray, um, we talked about these, you know, these member growth categories and places. The Gulf Coast countries is the place where we have significant uh, numbers of members and you know there's the opportunity there that Ray highlighted for training and membership but there's also I think one thing that we're watching at the association particularly from the RPP side is um, I think there's greater need for involvement from our members to include them because we do have some um, you know some companies there that uh, we have found over the past year or two that are creating some member disputes. And so we're looking at that area pretty close. So it's it's these initiatives that are kind of taking place on two planes. It's kind of what's the opportunity and then also what do we need to do in order to secure the network for all of our members that we're taking. Questions, thoughts, ideas, I'm still. Well, I, I wanna tag on to what Ray said, I, I think it's very interesting and a very good thing to have these training programs like that for people, whether it's continuing ed for some people that have been doing it for a while, but they need to find out what the latest information is, but also as a resource for businesses to be able to put staff members into these programs, um, almost like the AMSA leadership course that they used to have to where you can actually bring people in from your company and they graduate, so to speak, from these different uh, courses. And it's not a, like, because Unigroup has individual courses and that kind of stuff, but it's a gazillion of them and trying to pare that down into here's specifically the things that you need to know. And, and it would almost be good to have almost like you have a, a, a dab, you know, angle at the IM conference, you have this, a commercial part of it. So, so in other words, you have a, what's the word, a route or whatever it's called. That, yeah. You have the tracks. Yeah. The tracks. So you could have basically the same thing where you have a DOD track, you have a, a residential sales track that, that puts these training things into, you know, specific um, lanes so they can, I know for me, it would be great to have, you know, our salespeople go through that residential sales part to have a new ops manager that we hire in Savannah to be able to come in and take that DOD route and, and learn, you know, containerization and, and the business rules and all these different things that would actually be, I think, hugely beneficial. Thanks, Lee. Uh, that's, that's where we're heading. Um, uh, just let me bounce off a, a comment that you made. Uh, first of all, the, the financial course that we built, it's an online course, but we're backing it up with a lot of webcasts. So December 15, we, we've got a webcast uh, for uh, that covers the topic of budgeting and business planning. And I know it's a little late in the game, but it's never too late uh, for those companies that aren't used to budgeting and forecasting. Um, so Dave Durier and Tracy Beck with 60 Minutes CFO will be with us and they're, they're going to give us some tips and uh, focus on that particular topic. With um, Tracy and with David, 
they have been involved in the moving industry sponsor, sponsoring things that are called CEO, moving CEO forums. Yeah. And these are uh, kind of exclusive groups of CEOs uh, from the moving industry who have gotten together who are willing to share best practices, actual financial information so that uh, benchmarking can happen. And so they've gathered some very interesting statistics and we are now in discussions with them to uh, see if it's possible for the IAM to host um, CEO forums for different groupings within the United States. And, and DAB certainly would be one of those groupings um, where the CEOs could get together in a um, collaborative, friendly environment to share information and then to use that aggregated information to say, how, how are we, you know, what are the benchmarks? How are we doing? So we're pretty excited about the discussion. We're working on that in the background. And again, if you're enthused about the idea, let us know. It'll encourage the IAM to develop these programs. Yeah, thanks, Ray. I like it. Yeah, to kind of tag on to what Lakeland and, and of course with Ray, um, the Leadership Alliance Council is putting together programs that there's a corporate track, a water track, and a DEI track for curriculum uh, that will be housed through the I am learning process. So um, we hear you about the leadership desires um, that we don't have a program, but it is hoping to launch um, no later than the, um, the annual meeting in 2022. And in the, the point there I want to make is it is not us that's going to put these together. We are doing an outreach to those people who have the knowledge and the experience uh, to be able to present these leadership curriculum. Yeah, and, and Georgia, great, great uh, <clears throat> letting us know on that. Um, there's, there's so many things that are kind of swirling together and it's impossible. Like we would need a whole hour long session to work through all of the potential, all the stuff we're doing with I Am Learning, with the Leadership Alliance. Um, you know, there's this concept of the tr trusted moving specialist and another credential that we're working on called the trusted moving professional. And going back to your point, Lake, is there a way that we can structure the curriculum? And George is emphasizing this as well to really drive, um, you know, an employee's educational attainment and experience and their continuing education. So we are thinking about how we do that. Um, uh, at, at the association. And that, that's definitely going to be a part of what we try to achieve with the strategic plan. Other thoughts, questions, concerns. I'm still banging my head against the wall figuratively that this presentation was not uh, completely uh, rock solid. So uh, you'll, you'll get it from us and you'll have to spend some of your, your precious time uh, going back through it. But I hope I was able to kind of convey, you know, verbally exactly what we were hoping to achieve here. Brian, um, great presentation. And I know having had conversations with you and Chuck and others on the staff, you brought together a lot of discussion into a really good, good plan. But any plan you've already identified has to identify what the resources are needed, but also what are the fail points of a plan. And in my mind, it's kind of evident today, looking at who's participating in this, these are engaged members. These are the people you, you always expect to see on these types of calls. 
what's going to be your strategy to engage the unengaged members uh, and I am into what you want to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that, you know, I am because it has a, a huge size, we have a lot of committed members, but we also have a lot of members who are very transactional, if I'm being honest, you know, they want the logo, they want what that logo confers in the international market, which is legitimacy. Uh, I, I will say this, I, and I don't know if Nicola is on, but um, my, my colleague, yeah, Nicola's here. My colleague, Nicola, has done a great job, Nicola Cullet has done a great job of first tracking engagement of our members and kind of we're tracking that engagement over time as well. And I think we're doing a much better job of activating unengaged members, but there's no way around it. This is part of a communication strategy today to inform our members of what we do for them, how we serve them and how we are evolving the value proposition in the future to make their membership even more indispensable for their company. So you're going to see more uh, communications around this over the next few years, and you're going to uh, next year, of course. Uh, but you're also going to see a lot more communication around some of the, uh, you know, the the strategic initiatives. Really, I mean, the membership restructuring. We're going to be doing a lot of communication around that about what it means for you as a as a member company and why you should welcome this change. We're going to be doing stuff around I am learning. You know, all the stuff that we talked about today. How do we drive people into that program and solve their training and education needs? Uh, and hopefully in turn, you know, it, it helps the association going forward. So, it, you know, the fail points, Terry, you're absolutely right. Marketing and communication is going to be absolutely critical. And we're thinking, you know, how, how do we do that better? How do we get the information out there? And it's something that we're always thinking about. You know, if there's a good idea that you guys think that we can do, uh, a, a tactic that we haven't undertaken, you know, let us know. Yeah, Donna. I think Donna Overstreet has her hands up. While Donna is coming off of mute, you know, I'll address your, your point, Lake. Totally agree. There we go. Oh, hi, Donna. Hi. I like it though when you totally agree with anything I said that you couldn't hear. Um, <laughs> anyway, so today I went on the IAM site, just really actually looking to pay my dues. And I saw all the training that y'all have posted out there, which I had not seen before. And I was real happy to see it because we lost so much training when AMSA closed and ATA is not quite um, put together yet to provide that. And I've got some new, a lot of new people. It's been a challenging year, and I'm sure it has been for everybody as far as labor. And so I really, to get people up and learning, um, I need these training modules. And so I was, like I said, I've got them all signed up now, people that need to do the different ones. The only thing that I would like to see, though, is some interactive, because when it's just reading and then they get to go to the next module, I'm not sure how much they're retaining. Um, so I don't know if maybe a little test after each module to so, so we could find out just how much they learn before they go to the next module, or if we could possibly set up maybe a quarterly uh, online training where it's interactive. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'll turn it over to Ray if I mischaracterize, but 
Mm -hmm. we, we do have quizzes right after every every module. Ray, you want to jump in on that? Sure. We not only have quizzes uh, in, in each module, we also have uh, essay writing. So uh, I'll give you one example. In our introduction to move coordination uh, module, we uh, have anonymized uh, recordings of actual phone calls to moving companies. And uh, the learner is required to listen to those. Uh, and then to critique them. And that's not multiple choice or true false. Um, th those are essay questions. And we actually do interact with them. We, we grade those assignments, not only for content, but presentation. And so there, there is a, a lot of interaction that goes on. In our residential sales training course uh, at the program, we have a, a lot of interaction where uh, they're required to write essays uh, about survey skills, sales skills, um, move proposal presentation, follow-up prospecting. It, it's, um, Donna, first of all, I'm glad you found us because it's been there for the last three years and somehow we haven't been promoting it um, the right way to reach you, but thank you for finding us. But second, um, contact me because I, I am ready to have an online session with you and walk you through exactly what we do and I will show you the kind of interaction and actual comments and essay uh, responses that we're getting. It is very interactive. So Ray, when you have these, and, and like I said, mainly the one I looked at today was the claims module that you have. I think you had about eight modules out there. Um, so when you have these, is there any way, like as the principal of the company, that we can get feedback on what our people are learning or not learning? You know, um, first of all, uh, the the claims uh, is really a, um, a course on liability, mm -hmm. uh, transit insurance, and claims management, and that is a offered for free to our IAM membership through a generous sponsorship by one of our supplier members, Reason Global Insurance. So, if you uh, know of supplier members who want to get involved and want a presence and want exposure to the um, uh, to the IAM membership, it's a wonderful way to do it, and it's a wonderful wonderful way to contribute back to the industry. And, th and that's what Reason Global has done. Um, when you look at the Move Coordinator Training Program, uh, I am biased but I will put it up as the industry standard for um, uh, inducting an, a new staff employee into our industry. It starts by telling you or, or going through why do people move so that the person understands what business they're in and why people get a little stressed because of the triggers uh, that are involved when uh, a move is initiated. And then we go through uh, what are the phases of a move? What are the different move types? We break it all down from the beginning uh, with no assumption that the person has any background. And we, we, I can show you hundreds of comments that we've gotten back from students who said, not only uh, new people, but industry veterans who say, if only I had this when I started because I had to grope around in the dark, this would have helped so much. So uh, as you can see, I'm passionate, I'm enthusiastic about it. And those of you that have not had a chance to put a student through this or uh, the challenge to you as a business leader is don't just put your student through it, go through it yourself. Yeah, and then say, is this worthwhile for my staff? And, and I know the reaction that you're gonna have. But the offer here is, and, and, and I'll put my uh, details in the chat, 
contact me because I'm willing to get on an online session with you, give you a personalized tour of I am learning so that you know exactly what we've created. And at the end, those that have not explored it, you're going to say, I didn't know. There is so much here. Fantastic. I look forward to it. Yeah, I think it's absolutely great um, uh, program there. I, I do want to address Lake's comment. And this goes back to one of those, those key strategic um, initiatives. Getting involved in IAM beyond dues payments magnifies the ROI tremendously. And we see that in our engagement. If a company attends the annual meeting, they're going to pay their dues every year. If, they're a if they have a, an employee who's a volunteer, we're good to go. Um, you see the value. It's those companies, going back to Terry's point, who just want the logo, who may be having a challenging year, where like they get that dues payment and plug the dues payments went out today. So make sure you pay them. But when they get those bills, they're like, well, we're not getting much. And so it's incumbent on us to make those connections to really pull them into the IAM community uh, more closely so that they can see the value that we're doing every day. I think so. Ray, uh, Lake, totally agree with you. Um, and just, think, and just on, on that note, we, I think every one of us here and any one of us on, that are on most of these calls would have no problem doing a testimonial of any kind that you guys need in, in, to help you with that effort. All right. So we have our evangelists uh, today. We're going we're gonna to get you guys set up, hair and makeup. You guys ready to go? No? I, I think the power of the testimonials and uh, the power of influence, because like someone like you has been in the industry for a while, you're well known and you've participated in a lot of industry functions and everything else. So for you to put yourself out there and, and speak on behalf of the IAM and its, its uh, membership benefits, that's huge because you influence a lot of people. So we welcome that. Um, get with uh, the IAM staff, or if you want on the uh, mobility exchange side or the IAM learning side, I'm always um, there to, uh, to help you in, in terms of uh, publicizing your endorsements. Totally agree. Um, in the chat, I've gotten a request to maybe dive into the, the new membership structure a bit more. So let me kind of detail that a little bit. Okay, so right now we have three member categories. At the highest level, we have our governing membership. We have a, our core membership. In those categories are not necessarily uh, off limits to suppliers, but they are dominated by suppliers. We do have a separate supplier member category. That is our lowest, category, lowest price category at the moment. Um, what we're gearing though towards is a new membership structure where we have no separate supplier member category. We still have three member categories, but basically in this new membership structure, what we wanna say to you is choose your adventure, okay? IAM has so many different uh, products and services that we're providing to you. Um, and we are going to bundle them in a way that we feel like they would be beneficial to your company. So if you, um, if you wanna volunteer with the association and you validate your listing on mobility exchange, you wanna take some IAM learning courses um, and come to the annual meeting, you know, you're going to want to participate at that highest level of membership. But again, going back to that other example, 
on the other side of the spectrum, for those companies who are not necessarily that engaged, we also have a package for them. And so this new membership structure will really be designed, I think, to uh, attract new members, but also to uh, take these new members and these longtime members and help them to move them up into different packages that we think would be beneficial for their company based on how they've used their membership in the past. So it's really kind of looking at you know, how our member companies have engaged with us and designing those packages in a more intentional way um, to provide them with better service and better satisfaction is, is, you know, there are multiple legs to this and I'd answer any question, but that's the best way I can sum it up in a very clear way at, at a very high level. So I'd entertain any questions on that. You know, what does it mean for this? What does it mean for that? Anybody have specifics on that? Okay. Brian, were you were you saying it was it's going to be more like an a la carte, or did I misinterpret? So that at the, completely, <laughs> there is going to be a base level of membership that people can um, can sign up for, and you know if they want to go, if they want to do validate their listing, they'll have to do it on an a la carte way. If they're going to want to come to the annual meeting, they're going to pay full price for that. If they want to um, you know, join our IAM logistics network. They're going to have to pay full price for that. Now, as if you get into the second level of membership, certain things will be included um, in that second level of membership. And then in the third level of membership, you get everything, essentially. So that's kind of the structure that we are uh, approaching with this new kind of approach. Okay. I see Lori's question. I understand the need for new members, but I would hope that standards are maintained and there is some vetting before granting membership. Great question, Lori. Lots of discussion on this. So let me, let me jump in on this because yes, we always want to grow membership, but we are not going to let that compromise the security of our network. And so we, you know, Ray and I were actually talking yesterday about this very thing. Um, we talked about developing industry standards, and part of that is looking at our membership agreement and looking at the expectations we set for members when they join the association and when they renew every year. And we are going to be ratcheting up those, um, those expectations in the near future. I can guarantee that. Number two, we are going to be looking to create a new um, business designation, I'll call it, called IAM Trusted. And IAM Trusted will serve to say to our members, okay, you are a, a member of the association, but if you want to uh, communicate out to our worldwide network, as well as to the customer base, that you are willing to prove that you abide by certain things, we will confer this business designation on you called IAM Trusted. It will be built upon this validation framework that if you validated your listing, you understand that we ask you to prove your credentials through the validation program. So this in and of itself, I think will really address your question, Lori, about how we are not going to become a turnstile for companies to join the association. We are not going to let that happen where we're compromising the security of our network. 
Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say on this. Part of the IAM trusted framework is another development that we are working on called a complaint resolution system. And the intent behind that is to provide a more proactive way for when our members get into an inevitable dispute, and that happens from time to time in our business, that we have a more proactive way in which to help both parties solve that problem before it becomes a pain in the neck, costing money and time and energy for months at a time. So these are things that we are working on in the background. Um, I think they are really positive developments. Ray presented on I Am Trusted at our annual meeting. Uh, and we, we can drop that link in the chat um, to that conversation because that is yet again, another long lengthy uh, jump into a deep concept, but it is something that we're really excited about. And we understand the sentiment behind that question. And we wanted you to know, Lori, that we are fully in agreement with you that we are not going to compromise the security of the network by, by growing membership. It won't happen. Okay, and we have Angela dropped in. Yeah, thanks, Angela. Um, you know, Terry, one of the first things Terry gave me as a responsibility when I joined was, all right, you're in charge of the disputes between members and the RPP. And so for the last 12 years, I've seen every complaint that comes into the association. And I think over the last 12 years, we've done a great job of of those companies who were not acting up to the standard, they have been removed from the association and our membership application process, we are actually targeting, we're not targeting, we're actually really looking at our past data and making sure that the principles of new members or prospective members were not part of you know, uh, companies that created problems in the past. We're really looking at using that data making sure that no companies join that have been a problem in the past, I guess I would say. So those are other things that we're doing. So Angela, thanks for raising that up. Uh, we got somebody DM here. Who's DM? Oh, Denise McConnell. Hi, Denise. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Terry, you want to be the I am salesman? I agree with you, Denise, though. Um, you know, sales is hard. Um, uh, you need time for it. You got to work those lists. And it would be helpful to, uh, you know, uh, you know have, that, have that capability. So it is uh, yet another thing we're thinking about. How do we really get our message out to prospects? How do we get it out to uh, people who would be willing to listen? I'm going to ask Ray to talk about uh, Tara's question, um, because I think it is, uh, I will say this before turning it over to Ray, um, validation is a foundation. Um, there are so many different things that we can do with that foundation of the validation program. I am trusted is one of those things. So my short answer is it's built on top of it. I'll let Ray kind of elaborate further. Yeah, uh, thanks to her for that question. Um, the validation program when we uh, built it was foundational and we were hoping that it would progress to something like IAM Trusted. But the difference is IAM uh, 
X validation, validation does not make any determinations about qualifications uh, or about uh, whether you're a better company because you have ISO 9000 or, or anything else. All it says is that if you are going to advertise this qualification or your years in service or anything like that in your directory listing in IAM uh, Mobility Exchange, you have to be able to document it. That, that's all it says. Okay, We're not saying it's good, it's bad, or it's indifferent. We're saying it's true. It's been validated. The step that we're taking with um, IAM Trust is, Trusted is to say, can we build a brand through the IAM that says this is a professional mover that is qualified, that is totally compliant to handle the services that they're advertising? So if they hold themselves out to do international moving, then do they have the proper licenses? Do they have the proper things in place? And what are their qualifications to hold themselves out as a professional international mover? We're using the validation framework to do that, but there's an important difference that we've, um, we're working on right now. And that is the IAM trusted code of conduct. It's actually going to specify the affirmations and the things that I'm going to agree to, to become an IAM trusted mover. And we're going to have a badging system uh, where you're going to um, retain your five-star status if you keep your nose clean. So one of the things about Yelp and Angie's List and some of these things is that the, the rankings are built on consumer reviews. And I use consumer reviews myself, but I take them with a grain of salt because consumers will give you a review when they're extremely happy or more often when they're not very happy at all. And we miss out on that 80% in the middle who are really grateful for the service, but never took the time to, to review the service. The whole IAM trusted concept is not built on something subjective like that. It just says, this is what I have affirmed and what I have um, uh, agreed to do. These are, this is my code of conduct. And if I don't do any of these things, then it will affect my ranking. It's very objective, uh, the way we're drafting the, the code of conduct. And once it's approved, you're gonna see that this is very, very objective. If you receive a complaint and you acknowledge that complaint within 10 days in writing, yeah, then you've met your obligation. And then it, it goes on. If you then resolve the complaint with your uh, customer within uh, X number of days, you've met your obligation and you retain your status. It's built on that kind of objectivity. So Tara, I guess the, the long-winded answer here is it's built on the foundation of the validation system, as Brian said, but we're trying to do much, much more. Phase one is going to be uh, is going to address trade business. So in the first phase, we're going to address the relationships between trade partners, between IAM members who are working together. And we're going to say this code of conduct applies to how we treat each other in, in working together. That's phase one. Phase two is a bit more ambitious. And um, that is to actually take this brand and expose it to moving consumers, not only private customers, but corporate accounts and government accounts. And we're now going to say this code of conduct, if you're working with an IAM trusted mover, this is what's behind 
uh, that company and what they have affirmed, what they have um, attested to and what they're willing to do and what that brand means. So I, I think it's, it's really a huge concept um, just within the industry, if you think about one of the biggest friction points uh, of doing business within the industry, between trade partners, it is, am I going to be paid, number one? And number two, how long is it going to take for me to get paid? And when we take the IAM trusted concept and back it up with the IAM complaint resolution system, you're going to see teeth. You're going to see that if somebody does not abide by the code of conduct and take care of their bills in a timely manner and conduct business in a professional manner as specified in the code of conduct, there are going to be ramifications. It will affect their trusted score. So it's huge. So, and if I can jump, jump in on that, you know, I am trusted will exist. It, it's not going to be IAM membership when we launch it. It will be a voluntary program. So people will need to buy in if and when we launch it. But again, going back to this, these values, I mean, right here in front of us is an innovative concept that we're tinkering with to solve an issue that Ray just so eloquently kind of described. Um, so I think, you know, as a takeaway for this, you know, it's something that we think we have the foundation in which to solve these pain points. And that's where we're kind of investing some energy in order to do that. Um, and uh, it really goes back to answering Lori's question as well. It's a really elegant way, I believe, to um, maintain the culture of IAM without compromising um, the security. And actually, I think not just without compromising, I think it's enhancing um, the security you have with your trade partners substantially by doing this. We have the RPP right now. The RPP is a great program. We can demonstrably prove that it delivers hundreds of thousands of dollars back to the members every year, but it is too reactive. We want a more proactive approach to helping our members solve their own problems. And that's at the heart of what we're trying to do here. Okay, we are past time right now. Um, I appreciate everybody's participation, engagement. Um, and you know, I, I just wanna challenge you to get involved. Like Lake said, you will get so much more out of your association if you're involved. So please contact anybody you know at IEM and say, you know, if you wanna be a part of us, helping us achieve this future, we want you to be a part of it. Um, and uh, I'll leave it at that. I really appreciate all of you and uh, your membership in the association. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. We want to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash iamovers slash message. I will also put the link in the show notes so you can click on it right there. Thank you for listening to the IAM podcast. If there's ever anything you need from IAM, you can... Contact us at membership at iamovers.org 
or contact us by going to the contact us page on the IEM website at iemovers.org. Thank you for joining us and we will talk to you next time.